I'm Allison Katzkowski, otherwise known as The Allison K. I'm a fitness innovator and entrepreneur turned business mentor and retreat master. A client experience is more than just making the sale or the transaction. A client experience is about how it's put together so that clients can receive amazing real transformation. Here you'll hear all about how the industry leaders are creating amazing experiences. I'm always going to give it to you straight because I know your time is valuable. Are you ready? Let's get into the show. Hey, everybody, it's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Creating the World's Best Client Experiences. I'm your host. This is where we talk about how not just to make client experiences absolutely amazing, but how to actually make them different so that they don't simply feel transactional or like just any other sale. To me, a client experience is all about the transformation that the client is getting, right? So today, what I want to do is continue. If you haven't had a chance to listen to episode uh, 10, I believe, which was two weeks ago, um, I wrote down for you how we, how I ran. I had just come out of running my first retreat of the month of May down here in Key West, and I'm still in Key West now as I record this now. Um, this was a this month in particular. I decided to do something a little different in my business, in that I decided to offer two experiences down here since I was going to be here for most of the month. And I did that for a couple reasons. One is is that as I do more and more events, just like as you um, serve more and more people, you find there's not only an increased demand, but you start having people ask for specific times of the year. And it just seemed to me to make sense to offer a second experience. Um, and so that's what what I really want to get into today is talk a little bit about what happened with the second experience, because we're just coming off of that. I have a few takeaways that I want to share with you. And I also want to kind of leave you with this thought that um, there are lots of different kinds of things that you can offer at a retreat or that a retreat could actually give you ideas to do. Now, a lot of people that I talk to about doing retreats usually have the same types of concerns. And they're something along the lines of, um, it's going to be too much work to market it. It's going to be too much work to promote it. I don't really know where to begin. I don't know if I have the audience for it. Um, and it just seems like for some people, it almost feels like you're starting a whole separate business. Now, I don't know if that's you or not, and that's not really what I want to talk about today. But what I want to get into is kind of share with you my thought process on, you know, why I decided to offer two, what made both of them different, and what I did on the second one that I didn't do on the first one, and how it turned into me coming up with a separate offer that I'm probably going to be doing a lot more of um, this year and into next year as well. So like I said, please go back and listen to episode number 10 where I broke down um, what I decided to do different about that experience. This is the, like probably the seventh or eighth retreat alone that I've just done in Key West. And for those of you that know me, you know that I love coming to the Keys. There's a certain energy here to me that is very unique and special. And a lot of people don't really understand it. Um, Key West really has a reputation for being a party town, but there's a lot of really nice, beautiful things to do here that don't involve the bars and the party scene. Okay, there's a lot of really unique nature environments. There's a lot of really unique plant material and different types of activities, <clears throat> excuse me, that you can do here that to me, you just don't get it like the regular beach or a regular resort town. A lot of people expect to see, you know, larger resorts when they come here. They expect to see something similar to the Caribbean. 
If there's a party island or party town on any of the Caribbean islands, people expect to see that here. People ask about all-inclusives. We don't have any of that here in Key West. Um, it's a very small island, but it's a very special place. It's very unique, and uh, there's just a certain, like I said, a certain energy here that just really, I think, lends itself to doing really amazing and different type of retreat experiences. One of the reasons why I wanted to start doing them here. It's one of my favorite places to come on vacation. And I just love coming here and experiencing the energy for myself. I call it my energetic happy spot. And I don't know if you have a place where you feel energetically upgraded when you leave. For me, that's blessed. So the first experience, as I share with you in the last episode a couple weeks ago, um, that's, that's typically one of my signature experiences that I do throughout the year. Um, I have a, a pattern of, not really a pattern, but a program that I follow, and I use a compass. And we talk a lot about your future direction. Uh, what are the points on your personal future compass as far as how you do yourself and your business and your life? There's a lot of mindset involved. There's um, obviously health and fitness and self-care tips, but there's an opportunity to really build out something that you can do when you can get home. It's not one of these immerse yourself in a spa weekend. And when you go home, you go back to the same thing that you were always doing. For me, retreats are about change. It's about doing things different. It's not about repeating the same patterns that you already do at home. It's, it's how to either make those work better for you, or it's about how to energetically upgrade so that you literally upgrade yourself. Okay. So I shared before in the first experience, since it was a smaller group, and the ironic thing is, is that when I decided to do the second experience, my thought was, is it was going to be a very small experience. And there were a few people that were not able to make the first dates work, which gave me the idea to offer the second one. And, you know, if you're, when you start offering different things in your business, it can feel like Groundhog Day. It can feel like you're doing something, you're starting, I don't want to say starting over, but it can feel a lot like that. You can do the same thing over and over and over for years. And then when you decide to offer a new program or you have a new ad or you start adding something that you've never done before, it often feels like you're starting over. Um, and so for me, I've done enough retreats to not feel like that in my business, but this was one of the first experiences that I decided to offer with the, with the idea that it was going to be for just a couple of people. It turned out this, my second event was actually bigger than the first one. And some of that was due to dates working better for people. If you do retreats and events, dates are always going to be an issue. You're never going to find the perfect dates for people. You have to decide the dates that work for you and go with that. Um, I have a lot of people that reach out to me and say, is there a secret formula? Is there a way to predict what's going to be timing? And look, the analogy I like to use is, is if you're planning a wedding or a party, right? You're, there's always going to be a date that just doesn't work for people. But you can't let that really determine what, when or what it is that you offer. You just have to go with what you think is going to be the best date and the best timing for the majority of people and let the chips fall where they may. In this instance, my thought process was is that as I start offering more and more of these in my business, and every year what I'm finding is that I'm adding more and more different ways to do them, which I'll speak to in just a minute. So it really gave me the idea to add this second experience and test drive it and see how it went. Well, it turned out for, for a number of different reasons that some of the people that normally come to the first week couldn't make that week work because of the dates. So it turned out that the second event actually turned out to be a little bit bigger and a little bit different than what I had envisioned. So I, I had to sit, I sit with that for a little while. Once I realized that that was the way it was going to be, 
And I, I suddenly realized I had an opportunity. And this is one of my takeaway points that I want to share with you is that no matter how much you do something, no matter how regular it feels and how normal it feels to you, there's always something else. There's always something different that you can either add and there's always something that you can try that can really give you ultimately a different idea of something that you can add in the future. And that's what happened with this event. So briefly, let me just kind of go over how we did the second event. I just want to give you a couple of points. And then I want to share with you one of my takeaways as far as a different sort of offer that I created as a result. A lot of people, they talk, when they reach out to me and they have questions about doing a retreat, I think I might want to do one. Um, I've tried a couple. I really haven't made any money. I don't really feel like I know what I'm doing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, one of my first questions is, what is your going to be your offer at the retreat? A lot of people don't do that, which really surprises me. I feel like when you have people at a dedicated container um, in a space where they're prepared to travel and take time off of work and literally rearrange part of their life to come and meet you, you better have something to offer them. And it doesn't have to be anything high ticket. It could just simply be an invitation to the next retreat or an opportunity for a follow-up call. But there needs to be something seated during the event that makes sense for your people to say yes to. You want it to be so easy and simple that the next logical step is to ask what is next, okay? So I went into that second experience knowing that I was going to have a little bit bigger group than what I had planned. You know, I planned for two people. I ended up with four. So I ended up with double the number. Now, for those of you that have done larger scale events, that may not, that may seem like small potatoes, but in a four or five day container, there's a lot of energy to manage with a big group of people. It's one of the reasons why I never recommend going with big, huge groups if you're going to involve travel and go somewhere. There are people out there that do that and love that. But if you're going to do transformative type work with people, if you're going to invite them into a visionary experience for what's next, my personal feeling is it's hard to do that in a big group. Okay, you can take that or leave that, but that's my opinion. And I have lots of evidence and experience to back that up. So, hey, if you're wondering how you can put together an amazing client experience, or maybe you're doing these in your business already and you're thinking about how you can innovate and change, I want to offer you a free gift. Go to my website at www.theallisonk.com forward slash mini hyphen retreat playbook. If you go to the homepage of my website and scroll to the bottom, you can punch your email address in and get it sent directly to your inbox. It's my free gift. This is my five-step process that I use in creating every experience, retreat, and event that I do in my business. And I would love to be able to share it with you absolutely free. Head to my website again, www.theallisonkay.com forward slash mini hyphen playbook and grab your copy of that now. One of the things that I wanted to do for this experience was, is to really allow my people, not just to have an experience, but to really create their future. And what that means is, is that we don't just go over to-do lists and go over the things that we're already doing at home. We're not just talking about when I get home, I'm going to do this. We're going to do it while we're here. Okay. So one of the things that we always want to do is be really watching our language. So one of the things I noticed with the people here was that there was a lot of, I have to, I've got to, I need to, 
I don't do this, but I know I need to do it. And we want to really discourage that. You really, as a retreat leader, want to be very conscious that if this is the type of experience that you want to give your people, you want to have them start living it and practicing it while they're here. So, and that starts with what they're saying. So there were a lot of activities where we did, where I would ask a question like, we're, we're a year into the future. What does your day-to-day routine look like? And we're going to speak about it like it's already happening. Now, look, if you've ever done this, it's not exactly easy to do because we're programmed to keep talking about things as if they're happening now in the present. Like we see them with our eyes. We see the evidence. We believe it's true, right? So we talk about it like it's already happening. Well, when we, anytime we want to involve change or anytime there's a, we're doing something that is encouraging us to either A, completely change what we're doing, or B, even change a little bit about what we're doing, it's going to be tricky for our brains to manage, okay? Um, So when we start using language like, every day I'm doing something active, this is the way my day begins, and this is how my day ends, if we're not doing that already, it can feel like, what, what the hell am I talking about, right? You kind of feel like you're just talking gibberish. But you really want to manage that as a retreat leader or as a participant, you want to be conscious of that, okay? So one of the things that I really focused on when all my people got here was I wanted to take a day and let's talk about what's not working. Okay, We want to talk about what's brought us to here. What changes do we want to be making? What is the result that we want to walk away with? All of that. That might sound very transactional and simple, but and it's really easy for us to talk about what's not working. But I wanted to limit that, and I did that on purpose. But I gave them the window and the opportunity to talk about that and position it so that we could really laser light focus on what it is that we really wanted. Sometimes when we talk about what we don't want all the time, you know, underneath that usually is what we do want. So we want to really watch our language. We don't want to ignore that there's a problem, but we want to be speaking into what we do want to. So I let people start with that. But then I quickly went to, all right, we're going to talk about what our future actually looks like. And that really was the focus for the whole time after that. So I gave everybody some space to do that. And then it was more about this is what your future looks like. And I really wanted them to get in it and feel it and talk about it. And this can be tedious. It can feel really weird at first. Um, But it really is something that if you allow yourself to do, it can really start to give you different ideas. There's a lot of unlearning of old patterns. Okay, And this is one example by using the language that you're doing. The other thing that we started into immediately was the new habits, you know, positioning our schedules. I had everybody work on their schedule here, okay? Not when they get home, but here, okay? I had people, I had them interview each other and talk about what their future lives look like, which was a a really a different ad for me. I really hadn't done that before, but I feel like the more you can speak into what it is that you do want, not only the more ideas are you going to get, but the more real it's going to start to feel to you. And then you're going to start to make your decisions from a different place, which is really what change and transformation is about. It's not about going back to the same thing. It's about doing something different. So in unlearning some of those old patterns, we're creating a new thought process. We're creating kind of a new way that we see ourselves. I call that an energy statement or a trust statement. Um, Some people call it a new belief system, a new belief plan, a new primary thought, whatever language works for you. But we really want to be intentional that that's really what our go-to is. But really spending a lot of time speaking into what it is that we do want, 
was really key and helping all of these, all of my ladies really start to get ideas and think and get excited really to think about what it is that they could do. Now, obviously, when you go back home and your regular life starts to take over, and it will, then you always sort of have that moment where do I want to keep going or you kind of feel like you're being pulled back into a storm in some instances. So you always want to anticipate that that's going to happen so that it doesn't catch you by surprise, right? And I think a lot of events, you know, that call themselves retreats don't focus on that. It's all about feeling good, doing something for yourself. And when you get home, it's really easy to go back to life as usual, right? So, well, for that reason, one of the things that I always do at the end of my retreats is position a 30-day window where I provide some follow-ups. It's really key those first 30 days to get off to a really good start. Okay, but one of the things that I did different with this event, and this was an idea that I got when I realized that a couple of my participants were actually going to were planning on staying an extra day was that I created a little customized day where we could actually practice what the new routine was. And I'm going to start offering this a lot more at the end of my events. I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to call it yet, but it's almost like a dry run and a practice into living your schedule the way that we work on it during the retreat, okay? So some people might call that a deep dive. Some people might call that an extra personal day. Um, But the most important thing is that we start to zone in on what those new things are, okay? And that was a new new thing for me. I hadn't done that before, and it went great. I mean, not only did we have a chance to review the self-care habits for the day and practice them together as a group, the three of us, But we actually went through the entire day with a focus on this is how, this is just how it is. This is how you roll. This is how you live, whatever language you want to use. The more opportunity you have to do that, the more likely it's going to stick when you get home. The other thing that that I decided to do different with this event was to provide some immediate touch points. So it's not just in 30 days and do a call, but it's, no, by Friday, we're going to do a check-in. Next week, we're going to do a check-in. You want to have those regular touch points. It's so important for continuing with success. Now, the last takeaway I'm going to share with you, and this is something that I'm probably going to do a future episode on, is to talk, to speak into a little bit as a business owner or business leader on how you keep your energy balanced and how you keep yourself centered so that your battery doesn't run dry. Because doing a lot of deep work at in-person events, not to mention the travel that it takes to get here and the rearranging. It's very tiring. It can be very tiring. Um, And as a business owner, I think that's something that we always have to keep in mind. So not only are we balancing energy of people that are at our events, we're actually having to balance our own too. And this is why one of the reasons that I've started doing at the end of every one of my events is to give myself a couple of days to deprogram a little bit to realize what I've learned and what I'm taking away. And some of that I'm sharing with you right now. Um, And I'm sure there's going to be more, which is why I'm going to do a future episode on this. But I really think as business owners, we owe it to ourselves to take a look at that and separate that, right, from the aspects in our business rather than focusing on, okay, what went well, what didn't go well, what am I going to change for the future, et cetera, et cetera, which is really all like tactical But we want to make sure that we're giving ourselves time to unwind a little bit, to let ourselves stay in the energy of what we created, right? And let that be a lesson 
to how we continue to embody what it is that we're teaching, right? So I'm going to do a future episode on this and share some of my takeaways after I've had a few days to let some of this sink in. But one of the things that I really noticed was how tired I was, right? And I think we take that for granted sometimes, but we really want to keep an eye on that. We don't want to always speak about it, but we want to be mindful of it so that we craft a schedule and a routine that works for us. Okay. Um, One of the things that I think, one of the tricky thoughts that I think a lot of business owners have around doing retreats and events is that it's a lot of work. It's a lot of energy and I'm really tired afterwards. And I do think that that's true, but I also think that if we are intentional about a schedule that we can work on, it's almost like our own personal retreat, right? That so that we can have the downtime to not only take away what we've learned, but keep that separate from keeping a plan to keep our energy grounded and balanced, which I think is equally as important as what we give our participants. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to be sharing some stuff about that in a future episode. So I just wanted to kind of drop a few hints and let you know that that's coming. If you do are in the business of client experiences and you want to share your story, if you want to share how it is that you design a client container, what really makes your experience unique and different, I would love to hear from you. Please come over to my website at www.theallisonk.com and send me a message. You can connect with me there um, via email, or you can just find me on any of my social media accounts. I'm on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I am the Allison K or LinkedIn or Twitter. Even I'm AH Cats on Twitter. Um, send me a DM. Um, we will be glad to myself or someone on my team will be glad to get you the booking link for this show. Um, we do have a short intake form, and that's because I want to get some information from you as to how you serve your clients, what your business actually looks like, so that we can really have a really good conversation about what makes you unique and different and the types of things that you're creating in the business in your business and putting out into the world. So if that's you, we're always looking for amazing guests. Reach out, send me a DM, go to my website, www.theallisonk. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to celebrate you. We'd love to talk about your wins and your challenges because this is how we learn because it takes a village. This is Allison Allison Kaskowski with Creating the World's Best Client Experiences. That's what I've got for you this week on the podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.